in a funny way, although we are kind of the answer men, in reality, we only know the answers because we're looking for those questions with you. And then we have time or ability or freedom or knowledge that we can go grab those answers and bring them back while the business owner is doing the job that they do for a living. Hi, I'm Marcel Zhu, and you're listening to episode 70 of Red Thinking Podcasts. Today, my guests are Joe Pilger and Tim Thompson, of course. And our topic today is what is consultancy? You know, is, are you guys do loans or, or are you guys help business to, you know, make a lot of money? Can I go? Can I work with you and go to Hawaii when I'm like 45? I think that's my goal. But yeah, so I have a lot of questions here and I want to start asking this guy, Pilger, is that how he, how he talks, right? He's a, he has this calm voice, preacher kind of thing, and I love it. I try. Oh, my God. Say I it again. I think that's the longest title we've ever had on an episode, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's for sure the longest title, and I love it. <laughs> Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business. But yeah, so first I want to, you know, because I work with these two guys and it's so interesting that they have such a different kind of like approach to business and to how to help people. And I came to to a realization that I don't even know what you guys actually do until we start working together. And uh, how can you actually explain someone what you do? Uh, do what, what's what's a consultant? You know, what do you, what what's what's this? You want to take it? I was gonna say. So I'm on the spot first. Go for it. Well, so I could at some point it would be fun to tell the backstory of how you and I started working together, right? Remember when we bumped into each other at Promax? Oh yeah, several years ago. My desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like you had that freak out moment and you thought I was blowing you off. But I would say, in a, if I was going to try and put it in a nutshell, I would say, in terms of the way we do as RevThink Consultants, is we're a friend to the owner. That's amazing. So basically, are you saying that I, you know? You need friends. Yeah. So I pay you, <laughs> I, you know, so pay, I can pay, pay you. Friends. I can pay you and call my buddy when I'm like feeling depressed yes. that I hate my studio. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Remember that weekend we went up to, where was it? The, um, up Santa the Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah. I mean, that was great. Oh, yeah. I never thought that was part of the retainer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, in a way, it, it, I think it's just the nutshell version of it, though, because we do, I mean, like you and I have become good, close friends through the process of working together. Mm -hmm. And I know this, being the creative entrepreneur is a lonely road. I, I walked that road for 20 years. And uh, that sometimes the owner needs a friend, an advocate, Sometimes the owner even needs a boss. And we've, we've played that role at times too. But it's mostly being a friend that comes alongside the owner and is like, hey, I've been down this path before. I've actually been down it many times now because of the, all the people I've worked with. Mm -hmm. So, hey, can I come alongside you and as your friend, help you support you? I, I think I agree with you, Marcel. There's something really horrible about the title consultant because there's large data companies calling themselves consultants and there's... CPAs out there called himself consultants. I didn't even know what I, what the word meant. I felt like people threw that word on me when I started RevThink. Um, where the way we do consulting, I don't know if other people do it the way we do. The, the reality is because I came from imaginary forces, I learned that creative has to win. And I felt like 
the creative was not setting themselves up for success in business. And therefore, we were losing the creatives. And at, at the time, I started to think salespeople were owning the companies. And I hated that. Yeah. So I wanted to do something different. But I but here's the other thing. Um, I started Rev Think coming out of seminary. And what I the greatest process of getting a master's degree was the beginning and thought of um, that you that you have to pursue the questions. And I think what we do very different is help find or help teach people how to find questions so that we then can seek out the answers for you or help you find the answers to it. And I think when Joel says, be a friend, I think that's what you really do with people that you kind of know and love and process with is you're not afraid to throw questions out there. Mm -hmm. So what we, in a funny way, although we are kind of the answer men, in reality, we only know the answers because we're looking for those questions with you. And then we have time or ability or freedom or knowledge that we can go grab those answers and bring them back while the business owner is doing the job that they do for a living. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the collaboration. Yeah. So, wow, that was pretty powerful, Tim. Thanks, man. Thank <laughs> you, man. Oh, my God. I need a hug now. <laughs> like, oh, this it, is amazing. Can you tell it's toward the end of Prom X Week because Tim's voice is at about 23%? Yeah, sorry oh, about no. that. No worries. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because um, the way – so two things that I learned from this, this description. First, we need to drop the consultant kind of description. So I'm, I'm, I'm a consultant now. You see that? <laughs> no, I'm already no, doing that. So let's rebrand this whole thing. So you're not a consultant anymore. You you are a rev thinker. So you mm. know when people ask you, yeah, that's the that's the answer you give them. Um, and because they're they're gonna be like, what's I like what's, that? We're gonna I know yeah. for someone who's passionate about positioning, I'm kind of like, whoa, shame on me. Why didn't you ever think of that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's your special. Marcel is the one who who figured it out. <laughs> well, we just took a vote. And we agree. Don't say that anymore. Okay. Consultant, no, because you know my dad has had a business for. 20 plus years and he was doing great you know like back home and um one day he was like suffering you know with the business that was like a financial crisis in brazil back in the uh 97 and then someone you know he hired a consultant which is not the same kind of like you know, what you guys do but someone went there took a look at the the business like a 360 and they told my dad is like hey these are the change. They came with a map, you know, by the time they were open, this kind of like map, like a blueprint. Hmm. Do this. Step one, you know, fire these people. You know, you have too much overhead. Do this and then fix your business. Stop buying too much because you can't, you can't, stop selling. Maybe if you sell too much, you don't have the power of buying more, you know, uh, things to deliver. Right. And then it was so impressive that they gave my dad like this whole like roadmap how to stay in business. And I remember my dad saying like, no, 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 these guys, consultants, they come in here, tell me what to do. No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, and then the consultant told him like, you have six months, you know, um, of business because you're, it's going to be done in six months. And you know what happened? The business, uh, my dad went out of, out of business in three months. Oh, in three months. Three wow. months. So, when I saw the situation and going through the process of my dad being successful and having all these like, you know, things, because when you're doing good, I, I, I imagine, you know, that you're like, oh, yeah, we're rocking. We're getting projects. It's going well. You don't think about the continuation of that. That's right. You're just thinking of like, oh, we're doing amazing. Who cares about what, you know, these guys come in here and tell me what to do? You know, that's 
And that's probably like the, the ego side of a business owner saying to them, you know, say, you don't need anyone. Yeah, I don't need anyone. Actually, you need. You're doing great now, but what's the continuation? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think I, that caught me, caught my attention to work with someone that can do what you guys do. Well, I remember I was like, oh, thanks, Marcel, because you told me that story when we bumped into each other here in the lobby of the JW. I was at three years ago, four years ago, maybe. Yeah. Anyways. And I remember you, you were like, dude, I need to talk to you. And you told me that story about your dad and you were like, I need a consultant to help me put things in place and be strong and so on and so forth. And I was like, wow, no pressure. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm like, your dad's business failed and there was all this regret around it and everything. But at the same time, when I heard that story, I thought, yeah, if that's, if I can't bring that, then what am I doing? So that was part of my hope was actually, I would love to come alongside Marcel and help his business be stronger. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Most, I mean, let's face it. Most creative entrepreneurs, I'm, I'll just say most creatives that are running a business, because maybe the term entrepreneur is a little generous, honestly, a lot, a lot of them don't really think like business owners. And that's, I mean, that's part of why we're, we're so busy. <laughs> like yeah. we, have, we have this long list of people that we need to help but, the, but, but so just just to just to to complement that the the i think the beauty of this is because there's no emotional involvement mm -hmm. you know because i'm i'm like let's say as a business owner sometimes i get emotional about the things i do and i'll be like oh i love this people need me they need to talk to me you know if i don't do this it's not gonna get done and then someone without any emotion tells you nah you're wrong sometimes can be like scary but what I found, it's so necessary. And also, it's like, you know, uh, when, you, when, when I talk to you, and I, I, I'm going to use this metaphor of me being in a forest at night in the cold. And then if you come to me at that time and give me, like, all the answers, that will be kind of boring. Oh, I was lost in the forest. Someone came and got me out of there. No. All you did, you gave me a flashlight first. I'll be like, okay, so I'm in the forest. It's dark. It's cold. I have a flashlight. Cool. What do you need? I need a new jacket. Oh, it's cold. Now you need an umbrella. And now you need this. And now you need that. And it's so. And then this whole trip of getting out of that forest, it's so amazing. And it's so, you know, that's why I had such a good time. You know, uh, I have such a good time working with you guys. So I don't know if I, if I ever used that metaphor before to you, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I'd say that, like, um, one, it's interesting you hear your dad's story again because I, I know there's a, that what's, in, what's inspired your situation was um, this idea of preservation or making sure that you're on track. And I think that when we first started, there's a little, even a struggling because the reality of your father's situation, if the way I, I want to consult is, is I don't want to tell your dad he has six months I want to tell your dad what we're going to do in six months so he doesn't go out of business. And so I have this trigger in me that says it's not about sur surviving, it's about thriving. And it's where, starting where we are and then giving you the flashlight, like you say, so you can tell us where we're going to go. We come alongside you and then we just give you the equipment to go and go and go and go. But we don't want to do your journey for you. We're not your boss in such a way. It's your vision, it's your idea. We're just building the toolkit to get you there. And if yeah. we don't know how, we're going to figure it out with you. We're going to, we'll hire the right person, whatever it takes. But it's being a companion with you on the journey that you want to go on. 
what you don't want this to become is actually a formula, no right? Because it's so yeah. dangerous. Because let's say using the metaphor of the forest again, you're like, hey, here's a flashlight. Here's this, 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 and this. It's right. the formula. You do this to someone else. What if at that time I don't need a flashlight? What if what if it's like I need something else? But yeah. I I'm still there. So understanding the needs and like even like walk me through the process. I remember when I was describing state to you guys, it was like. Oh, we have everything in place. We have this. We have that. I remember like Tim and Joel listening to this whole BS. <laughs> Probably in their mind, they're like, Marcel is such full of shit. You know, they, he's, he doesn't have anything in place. He thinks that he has. He doesn't know what he's missing. Yeah. yeah, but probably your guys are like, okay, I hear this all the time. Here we go. Well, so, maybe. I'll say this. For you, it's very real. For every owner, it's absolutely real. So sure, every owner says oh, I've got this problem. My problems are so different than everybody else. Or they say, I've got it all figured out. And it's okay. Like I can just sort of hear that and nod and say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. Okay. We'll take, you know, we'll take it. It's, it's really like, like Tim said, where do you want to go? Okay. It's good. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some steps. It's going to take some intention. Yeah. But, but we'll get, we'll get there. And I'll say like your, your, we do not want it to be a formula. And I do think that we're misunderstood sometimes that like Marcel, you don't want to be like big star state shouldn't be like big star or, or bindery or these other people that we work with. We, we have references of companies that we like that are thriving, that we've helped or whatever that is. But each one, we try to be specific about that person and I think we are misunderstood sometime in that we're trying to homogenize everyone and make everyone the same by using the same process. And we don't, we don't even use the same spreadsheet to make it the same roll up or the same cash flow for each company. We rebuild it to be that person's way of reading their reports. And we could totally just build a software package, yeah. but we re rebuild every company's version of it so that the owners knows where they want to go in the process. And I do think that's unique, and, but, and, and it is a misunderstanding of how consulting would work or how we want to do consulting at least. Yeah, because it, it, it's very important to, especially for me, the process of you know, finding those answers through the process that we went through, even like understanding who you are. I don't even, you know, sometimes we think that we know all the answers. And then also sometimes I don't want all the answers at that time. And then I think the process was pretty like, okay, who you are? What is this? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. You know, to me it was like, at first was terrifying. You know, because you're like, oh my God, this, I have to do all these things. <laughs> I don't want to do this. All I want to do is be in the box and create all my stuff and, and that's it. Well, let's, let's be honest. There, there were actually some kind of weird arguments and throwdowns in the early days when we first started working together because it was, there was misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. Of like, well, I sort of expected this and you. And, and then we had sort of a come to Jesus and all of a sudden it was like, oh, I get it. This is yeah. okay. Cool. This is great. Let's, now we really trust each other. But yeah, that that that, that early part of the process was <laughs> but, was interesting. But the yeah. mis, but the misunderstanding point to me is when when someone start working with. I mean, I'm going to be using consultants here, even that I hate it. You know, you guys mm -hmm. are web thinkers from here. Okay. But uh, what it was so funny to me is. At first, when you're like, oh, I need, I don't know what to do with this. You know, it's, you know, I need, I have a lot of problems, right? So that's, everyone says. 
And then when someone starts working with a consultant, what they're expecting is the consultant to fix the problems. Yes. And also, this is not true. No, well, not no, for no. Rev thinkers, maybe consultants for rev thinkers. But, 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 but yeah, but but that's probably part of the part of the, the the translation to me, and I think that that's why I'm talking about is that when you come here to to actually when you when you work with a consultant, you're not you know consultants are not going to come here and come to your company and fix the company for you because probably they'll fix it differently. You know, it's like having like a like a, a weird kitchen, and then you ask someone to fix it, and then they paint it in pink. Right, and then you're, you're like, oh, man, but it's fixed. Because right? then it becomes our business. If but we it, fix it our way, it's our business. Yeah. It's not your business. Right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to do it your way. You yeah. But I think way. that's the misunderstanding sometimes. It's like, you know, it's it's good to, to, you know, to say that when you're working with someone like you guys, I would – my suggestion is just, you know, go through the process and just learn it because – there's no way someone will come in here and fix or, you know, do things for you. It's right. just someone showing. I think the best description would be like, we'll come in here. We'll, we'll give you guys, you know, some insights without any emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of uh, especially that when we were cleaning up some of the financial things, right? There's things that needed to be fixed. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of emotion around this contract and this this client is asking for this and remember sequential liability and oh, yeah. the agency. The, I mean, all these things. And it's like, it gets very emotional and you're right. It's, it's, it's not emotional for me or for Tim or any of us for the most part. Yeah. Um, we can, we can really come in and say, okay, it's, it's okay. We have insights. We have resources. We know the right people to talk to. We can put this in place. And by the way, it's going to be Okay. Can I just say this? Like, I, I appreciate your encouragement, Marcel, because I think that we could, like, we actually could just go inside somewhere and and fix the business. And uh, sometimes it's expected, is like what you're saying. But um, I think that the trust that we gain from our clients is that we that they start to realize that we're giving them their business. Mm-hmm. We're giving it back to them. We're giving it better shape. We don't want to own their business. We're, we're, we don't have that hoarding mentality of what we can uh, take on and build and grow. And uh, our agenda just doesn't go that way. Yeah. And so that there, I think there is sometimes a confusion or a worry or, a th- or maybe a perceived threat that we know more. And therefore, there's like want to be tension of what, what have, you know, where the power comes from. But we really try to let go as fast as possible and build other people up in the right way yeah because what i'm getting here is you need that opinion without you know any emotion and trust me i was talking to this like one of my best friends from brazil rodolfo he's um he has a his master degrees in economy and he's the brilliant guy he he works with like you know risk management for insurance companies like you know like really big stuff and then I one day I was talking about state with him, and I could easily ask my friend to help me. Hey, friend. Hey, can you take a look at my number, see how I'm doing, you know, and give me that kind of like report. Okay. And of course he would do that. And you know, to me, and and actually he did it in the beginning. So he took a look and then he gave it to me. And then as as we start talking through, he sent me a nice email as a friend because he talked to his professor from the MBA. 
His professor told him this. If you want to work with state, you got to charge state. If oh, you work if you work with a friend, you know what happened? You get emotional. Yes. You start having an emotional relationship with that with those problems. If you're charging, it is your job. Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel the same. It's like it's like when my, you know, when my family come to me like, dude, I get that all the time. Hey, my 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 cousin's a designer. He can do a logo for me, you know. Right. And then I, my my cousins always like send me like requests for me to do logos for their business. And then I, I'm like, I can pay someone to do that for you, but I don't want to do, not because of the the you know the simplicity of the work, it's just because I don't want to have an emotional involvement with that project. Can I? I'll tell you this story. <laughs> um, it's good that you say that because it's pretty funny. It's a lesson I had to learn. My first clients, I didn't charge them. I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't think I knew what I was doing. I was trying to figure it out. And I found people that were in trouble, often financial trouble. So for me to ask them for money felt very awkward. Um, it, it became an awkward conversation. Uh, so early on, just the early Rev Think Tim and Jason running around doing our goofy stuff, trying to put things in place, making people successful. Um, I started working with Big Star, Josh Norton. And um, he's really the one that kind of started almost coaching me to say, <laughs> no man, what you're doing is valuable and yeah. you need to, it's even more valuable than you think because when, when you get involved, people gain revenue or they have more success and that's more, that's valuable to them. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do. Just let me do it. I don't, I don't have to have the money. And he'd say, no, no, it's worth it to them to pay you because they then get to engage you. Oh yeah. And it, and it gave, it almost gives, the business owner permission to call me because they paid me. And I had no idea oh, yeah. that that was going to be a feedback. It was excellent. I learned from my client and you, and you know, Josh is still my client today in a way like we've done it together, but um, it, there is some reality of what you're saying in, in the, in the process of getting involved in someone's business in their life. That's hard to, not to get too emotional. Yeah. And he, he actually used the word I had to like, you know, um, to Google. I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking about. He used this, Oh, cognitive bias. Yes. And he, he used it in, in a way, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, his professor probably told him, and he's a smart guy. He sent me to me. Um, you know, I felt so dumb when I saw that. <laughs> right. I have to do, like, a little research. <laughs> but when I read it, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. But But then I'm giving you, like, the beauty of this process, right? Because you're learning all these things on a really simple question. You're learning this, this, and that. And like, you know, oh, I can't work with a friend of mine without charging him. You know, like, no, it's because otherwise it, it becomes this whole like mess of like, you know, things you're involved. Because one of the one of the proposals I got from him, it was, hey, why don't we work with you? And then if there is an opportunity for investment, I want to be your first choice. And that's what his professor told him. Like, no, 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 no. You have to charge him. If there is a, right. a, like an opportunity for an investment, you just jump on it. So, so are we going to leave our listeners hanging or what cognitive bias is? Well, you- I'm actually, I'm looking it up right now. Um, but just for, for what it's worth, that's, that's also something that we don't do is we don't invest in typically in, in these, in a business like yours. Because that puts us in a potential conflict of interest. Yeah. With, a, right? with the people that we want to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually counterproductive, strangely, 
Um, so the way we engage, it's funny how that, yes, when you, when you charge, it becomes, it's not an emotionally driven relationship. You're responsible for that. It creates a, it creates a nice defined expectation, boundary, uh, almost a rules of engagement sort mm -hmm. of, sort of mentality. Stronger coach. Yeah. And just, but to for clarity, we do help investors with companies that they're buying to grow a business. But as ref thinkers, there's a reality to the people that we actually want to be in business with and serve. We don't want them to be in conflict with one another. Right. So to work with you and to work with your perceived competitors would yeah. be awkward if we owned one of your competitors and then you called us and gave us your financials or whatever. But yeah, but the, there's something about competitors that are, I, I actually learned through this process as well, because usually as a studio owner, you get very protective about stuff. Yeah. But when you're, positioning and when you're when you're secure about your business that's what that's when you become more mature you know that's you're like okay i'm going through this process i'm learning confidence comes with it you know so i don't really care if someone is trying to be state because by the time that they get to be like state i'm already like three years ahead you yeah, know so that's that's your the state thing. version 2.0 3.0 4.0 by the yeah, time they've the, even gotten to when we start, when I started the business, I remember having conversations like, "Oh, we want to do animation, we want to do this. Oh, I want to be like Buck," and I'm like, "Nah, I love Buck. Sure, I do. It's my favorite studio on earth. Are you kidding me? They inspired everything. I, I, I probably do what I do because of them too. You know, because it's very inspiring. But every time I'm like, I don't want to be like these guys because if I try to be like Buck, I'm just trying to like you know." Be the buck from to let's say if I I'm here now trying to be buck, and then by the time that I'm buck 2019, it's already 2024, right? And then That's buck right. is already something else, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's 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 really interesting that process of like finding yourself, and then you find that confidence, and then you work with the rev thinkers, right? <laughs> right, right. And then you're like, okay, it's it's fine, you know, because I see I see like a little pattern. You know, believe it or not, I, I don't think, I don't want to call, f uh, it's hard to say. It is a little bit of a formula because you, you, to find a few answers, you have to go through like, you know, questionnaires or, or you know, you guys do like, there's like a little bit of a there's process. There's some structure. Here. Yeah. There's some yeah. structure for sure. Yeah. Um, even like you can use an example like, you know, um, uh, car manufacturers, you know, they have a little process and they all follow the same thing. But then at the end, a design is different. This is different, that, you know. That's it. Features are different. Because think about like when we did the positioning work, right? Which was let's tune up state's positioning. Yes, we went through a process that is structured the same. There's principles, right? You you know my three P's and all this jazz. Everyone gives me a hard time for all my my three P's and my three D's <laughs> and all this, right? But the output is absolutely unique. Like if the output of that process isn't unique, then I'm not going to do that process. And what's cool is I think. My my goal, what I that I that I hopefully you agree, my goal was when you get to the end of this process, you have a voice that is all yours. It's like that's state, and only state has it. And if anybody else tries to speak that way, people would go, "You can't talk like that. That's state." Yeah. And you, you're it's you, and it's the studio, and it's the what you're all about, and you the fact that you can own it and proclaim it. It becomes very powerful because people go, 
Oh, that state. Yeah. And even if someone's imitating it, it's flattery to you because it, go, it <laughs> comes back to you as, as who you are in that marketplace. It's not something you're afraid of. It actually you know, emulates who you want to be. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, but it's, it, it's this thing. When, you, when I see it's, – it's so, it was so important for me going through like your guys' website and see the clients hmm. that are in there. Because I, at first, you're like, oh, I don't want to share my information with these guys, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't want to do this because they're going to they're gonna tell they're gonna tell PJ from Laundry what we're doing, you know? <laughs> right. That's what dude, PJ's asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, dude, I, I, if, if, from a competitive standpoint, I would love PJ to try to copy me because it, was, <laughs> it would be so easy to beat him, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just trying to See, cop me, copy me. But because he, they have such a different personality too, it's it makes it harder, you know. Like, oh, okay, yeah. we're competing now, and and a competition is such a great thing, you know. Oh, so yeah. you don't want your com- competitor, you don't want your competitors to be, you know, awful. You want your your competitors to be so good. Can you imagine like the Lakers playing the? Like, I mean, the Lakers kind of suck now, but let's uh, <laughs> talk about like the Warriors. I get your point. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Warriors playing like you know the worst team like. It, basketball in brazil right it'll be so boring it'll be like ah dude really this is awful but then when the warriors play the best team or like all the teams are great we're all like trying to be better so that's why it never got to my head of like oh the competitors the competition i'm sharing it is a sticking point though i mean there are things that using the process that we do um there's just we can analyze some parts of the business by just looking at the basic financials and i know that that's very vulnerable for people because they're guests, they guessed on what it's like to run a business, and there might be some maybe confusion or worry that they didn't do it right, and we're gonna find out right away. Okay. And my my one of my friends said, um, "You gotta be like the doctor. Like people have to show you all the rashes. Like it just gotta <laughs> be there. Otherwise, how do you know what you're carrying, right? Yeah. So um, I do think that we, I mean, there's integrity is a key part of what it's like to be a rev thinker. Um, we practice it very strongly. Uh, there's um, there's a part of a tight community that we're inside of, so we people know each other, and it's uh, would if we had issues, it would have been clearly um, talked about otherwise. Well, I would just add too that the idea of reputation and integrity is so paramount in in what we do. Like our, my reputation is everything, and of course I'm going to always protect that. And I think it's true of anybody that's a business owner that. Your reputation is one of the most valuable things that you have. So we obviously had to figure that out a long time ago. How can we work for multiple studios that are that do at times compete, but do it in a way where we're protecting everyone's interests and we're not showing any favoritism or giving advantage or what have you? And that's where we 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 just draw a line. We call them the competitive items, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna work on the competitive items and give you an advantage over laundry. Because that that damages our reputation. That's a conflict of interest. Yeah, and also you, as a studio owner, I always say this: I don't want every client. Right. I really don't. You might be different than some owners in that but, way. Uh, but but that's but that's stupid if you're thinking some about having want just one client <laughs> or no, the client or whatever. But, no, there's but a lot you, that want it all. Yeah. But yeah, like, but well, if you want it all, you have nothing. It's pretty simple. It's just very true. All you want is like client that understands your work. And then understand what you're trying to do, and that's going to be you know successful relationships. So that's why, when when I was sharing information with you guys, 
you know, uh, probably some people are asking me like, oh, but we're sharing this and this and that. I'm like, that's fine. That's okay. I talk about budgets with like even like competitors sometimes. I'm like, all right, we can talk. Oh, we got this project for this much. And people are like, oh, my God, he's talking about budgets. Yeah. Well, what's the problem here? There's we don't know. There's something funny because that there was a part of me that would ask for someone's financials. And I thought, well, what's the big deal? You show it to your CPA. I mean, you know, if, if you had the same CPA with one of your competitors, would you care? And um, like the penny dropped one day that the CPA or the lawyer that you're sharing doesn't really help. It doesn't help you become successful. And our edge is we do. So the fact that we do help other companies be successful is different in being a rev thinker than just collecting data and processing it for tax reasons. So there was some naivete of us getting involved in it, but there, but there is, it's just data that we need to compile and we are really just giving it back to you to do the best you can with it. You know, we, that's our, that's our, our, our strongest position is, is how do we come alongside the owner so they can satisfy their goals? Uh, to your other point is, is that I learn from my clients that saying that we get in this industry for one of three reasons, fame, fortune, or freedom. And not everyone has a, the same desire out of a business. Um, and we're not about only one of those. So we're not about just the bottom line or profit. And a lot of creators will say, I'm not about profit. I don't need you. I don't need more profit. I'm like, okay, what are you about? Where, where, how can we help you? And where do you want to go? Because there is a different hearts and desires to want to take over business ownership and have control that way. Yeah, that's true. So let's, 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 you know, let's go for something that I always wanted to ask Joel. Oh All boy. right, go for it. Okay. No pressure. I No, I have, I have a question because when I met you, you know, in, was it in Albuquerque? Albuquerque yeah, at yeah. the motion conference. Oh yeah. And then you, you had a studio at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I saw your name and I, I, I went back to my emails and I actually emailed you with my portfolio. That's right. You know, that's so funny. You, I wasn't still in Brazil, like trying to move here. You were freelancing here. at the time, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, I love that. And then, um, but now I was like, I need to ask Joel because I saw, the, I saw your career change, change, you know, and also I remember, I don't know how, I remember... It was like around 2015, I would say. That was right when my partner, you know, um, uh, decided to leave the company. And I was like, that was like a crazy roller coaster year. And uh, I was looking for those answers. And I was, I don't even know how I got there. But I remember listening to your first podcast. And then I'm like, Joel Pilger, I know this name. And then I went back and I go, oh, that's a from Impossible. That's that, and that comes my question. It's like, how actually did you like being a business owner? Uh-oh. How was it? Like, because you now that you have all this information and in, in a different probably point of view. Mm-hmm. And then I want to I wanted to get your perspective from a 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, and look back and tell me, like, what's your take on it? Right. Like, what's that take on that on that whole chapter like, of my life? Yeah. Being a studio owner, like, does it give you, like, amazing memories or, like, does it, you're like, oh, my, I, I, I see Marcel now. He looks miserable. <laughs> <laughs> he looks fat and he's just grumpy all the time. No. <laughs> okay. Well, the, um, the, the timing of your question is actually awesome because just last Friday night, I was at a party. Uh, in Boulder for it was kind of an industry related thing 
and my former business partner was there and a bunch of my employees were there and freelancers that I worked with. And it was like this little mini reunion. Everybody was like, ah, it's like the old impossible gang kind of back together. Right. And it obviously was a time for me to sort of reflect. So this is all very top of mind for me. I loved it. I know. <laughs> yeah. I get emotional because it was awesome. It was awesome. And there, there's definitely times when I, I miss it. You know, I sort of look back and go, man, I really miss the people. Um, kind of miss the work. Probably don't miss a whole lot more. Right. But when I, when I look back and sort of put a whole bow on the whole 20, 20 year chapter of my life, um, I'm, I'm really proud of what I accomplished because I think I made a sort of made a mark. I impacted a lot of people's lives, especially the employees and the team and so forth. Created a body of work that is cool. Not great, but pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, but it was also a chapter. It was a chapter. I thought I was just going to run that business for the rest of my life. Yeah. I never, ever thought, you know, most creative entrepreneurs, when you say, oh, are you going to sell your business someday? They go, oh, it wouldn't be worth anything. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to work till I die. I mean, there's all these narratives that tend not to actually play out. You didn't out. want to stop when we were working together. I mean, right. the reason you hired me was to keep it going, wasn't to right. close it up. No, not, not to yeah, shut but it that, down. But there's something really brave about it because... I was reading about the Game of Thrones the other day and how people were like, you know, collecting collecting um, fans like signatures to like ask uh, HBO to do a new season and everything. And then I was reading this article that says that we as humans, we have a hard time dealing with this kind of like loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like we don't we cannot let things go. And then when you say that we, you ran your business for 20 years and then you let it go and now you're doing like a new chapter and then just for the fact that someone ran a company for 20 years and now they're looking my business you know from like without an emotion without that kind of information that kind of like blows my mind i'm like someone was going to the studio every day hiring people getting projects because you know it gets boring at some point you're like hey guys here's my one more promo let's do it you know like for like 20 years of doing all of that amazing work and then at some point you're like okay all right well before you because i it's a i know i'm gonna give it to you there's a part where it's so real and uh to to be there when joel's making this decision it's it's almost scary of like, did I tell you to do this? I don't want to be part of this. But I remember when the, when the conversation had, and, and, I, and I know you remember this, is I, I told Joel like, okay, but you're going to go through the stages of grief. Like this is, a, this is you're going to feel loss, almost like a death. And I think there was a registration of like, whoa. And oh, yeah. I remember the day when, I mean, you were, I think you were started consulting already and you, it was a year and a half later and you finally decided to kind of clean out the closet. Like you actually didn't need your, you were holding on to that stuff. So, oh yeah, no, the grief thing is really a really big deal. And I, what I can tell you is nobody, I don't know that anybody, uh, unless they've really been through it, could tell you what to expect. I mean, Tim, you gave me definitely a, a, a look at, Hey, be prepared because at the time I said, Oh, it's been 20 years. I'm ready to close this chapter. You know, what's left of the business. I have this client who wants to acquire it. So I'm being bought. That's cool. Right. 
but I was kind of telling myself that stuff so that I think I could be okay with closing that chapter. But the grief that I dealt with, I mean, honestly, it was about a two to three year process. It was really like somebody very important died and suddenly, (laughs) but to your point, Tim, I remember two, maybe two and a half years later was when I, I, it was a two and a half year process of actually getting all of that stuff out of my life. Like the tax records were finally out of my crawl space in my basement. The extra hard drives that I had kept data on, I finally sold those on eBay. I mean, there's just like things you find in drawers and old pictures and whatever, and it's like memories. And every time you pull one of those out, you're like, oh, wow, that was a 20-year chapter of my life. And just last night here at Promax, I'm at a party, and I bumped into my former creative director. And you know what we did? We had a little like mini reunion where we were like, you know, I was kind of pissed at you. And I think you were kind of pissed at me. Like let's make up and be friends. That's almost five years ago. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. It wasn't just you, Joel. Uh, tell us about when Dina told you. Oh. About, yeah. Well, my wife, she was always busy, right? I was always busy. And this is just a really interesting story. You, you can probably appreciate this with Thais and her role in the business that after the business was shut down, a year or two goes by, I'm th- getting through this grieving process. And one day she says to me, you know, I, I th- I've been thinking back on Impossible Pictures and what it was like when you ran that business and all the cool projects and the amazing clients and that team that you had and you traveled and you did all this stuff. And that was amazing. It was really remarkable. And I think I missed it. And now it's too late. It went by. It went by and it's over. But there's something really interesting about that because I was having a conversation with my one of uh, 3D artists that came to work at State, Natalie, and she, we were doing this project, super complicated 3D stuff, and then she's amazing. She sat down and I gave her a pretty bad note. Like, you know, like a pretty interesting, like 6 p.m. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I'm sorry, and I was like apologetic. I was trying to find a nice way to say that to her. <laughs> you know, when, when you, you know, when you, mm-hmm. an artist, you don't want to give them the note. You're just like, I love this, but what if we make it blue? You know, like, and then they start changing everything. But I was like, she's so, you know, uh, she's so awesome. And then I was like, okay, let me just tell her that I didn't like. And then I said that, and then she gave me the best. I think it was something that I needed so bad. And then probably every creative, um, you know, studio owner needs it. Or even like everyone, I think, in life needs that. She's like, okay, I can change that for you. I'm like, oh, you're so awesome. You know what she tells me? She's like, it's all about the ride, Marcel. Because when we are on the project, everyone is trying to finish and rushing. And like, let's get it done. I hate this. Blah, 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 blah. And then when it's done, it's done. It's all over. Yeah, it's done. Why do so she goes, the best way of this whole thing is to enjoy the process. Enjoy the She's journey. like, when, yeah. when you ask me for a change and I'm doing the change, that's when I'm having fun. Hmm. I'm like changing it. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. I'm learning it. Oh, this is great. If you understand how to enjoy the process of things, you're not just trying to rush to finish. 
By the way, we're going to have to edit out her name of this podcast or everyone's going to steal that employee from you. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're she, very blessed to have that employee. No, she's, she, the, the, then she, and then I came to a realization. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Enjoy the freaking ride. Yes. Don't try to just like, go like crazy, 100 miles an hour, finish, done. So with my former creative director last night, we both sort of looked at each other and said, because we worked with uh, Mitch Munson, you know, Mitch, who, he was a creative director with, with me at the time. And we both looked at each other and said, you know what? That was lightning in a bottle. There were these several year period where we were sort of on our game. Everybody was in, you know, the coin was in the slot, the groove. We were in our groove. We were killing it. We were doing big rebrands. We were getting big budgets. The work was brilliant. And when it's happening, it's kind of like Tim when you talk about seven. Mm-hmm. Like when you worked on seven, you're like it was just another project. Yeah. And when we were doing our best work and we had the best team and everything was working, we were just going to work another day and doing the next project and we were excited and so forth, but we actually didn't enjoy the ride because you don't even know what you're supposed to enjoy. <laughs> it's well, yeah. just happening in real time. I, I heard an uh, uh, interview recently with Jerry Seinfeld. He talked about the Seinfeld years being the same way. And he says like this, though. Um, I think it was um, another cast member. I can't remember which one it is. But they were talking. And they were talking about how they didn't enjoy it. And they couldn't. And, he, and I love what he said. He said, um, it wasn't for us to enjoy. Mm. Like we were the ones, we were the ones working so others are enjoying it. And there's some reality of when you're in the moment, the appreciation from around and, and being part of pop culture and making these great things that people recognize and having this amazing team of people that are willing to burn the hours for you and make the changes for you. Um, we're just, we are blessed in moments, but it, but it feels so normal in life. Uh, my, my belief and my understanding would be that we have to have those season, those moments so that we can accept them while we're doing it because it's hard work too. And then we forget the hard stuff. And it, the stuff that we retain is about the human relationships. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. that we can, five years later, talk to our creative director at a party and know for sure that you did something really special. Right. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's, it's unbelievable because sometimes you forget about how you know, cool this ride can be. And one of, one of the highlights of this relationship that I have with you guys is the Modova project. Hmm. You know, oh, yeah, yeah sure. That. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind so- sounding ridiculous. I don't, I didn't know what Modova was until you guys told me told me about Modova. I'm like Modova. <laughs> Is it? It's like, very common, by the way. I it's thought it was common. like a chocolate. And I don't <laughs> know, did they make chocolates there? I thought it was a city. <laughs> oh yeah, we like, like in when Switzerland, they f- <laughs> bro. Oh, yeah, I mean when Moldova. the. When the pe- the people in Moldova first reached out to us, I sent it to Tim. I said, "Is this a scam?" Yeah, we didn't know it was real. Oh my god! Because I thought Moldova, what is that? Is it a city? Oh, it's a country. Yeah, we want you to come over here and meet with the creatives, and and see if you can help boost the economic sector of of the creative creatives here. Yeah, and, um, and we're like, seriously. What are, yeah. you ta- what are you talking about? Do we have to give you $10,000 and the sheik's going to give it back to us yeah. in Western Union <laughs> credit yeah. card number? But so, what, what, yeah, what would you say about your experience no, going, going there? My experience was, you know, so the way you guys put it out to me is like, hey, we're going to do a tour. We're going to drink wine and then we're going to have fun <laughs> and then we're going to inspire people. Which we did. If we didn't lie to we, we did We did everything. But you guys actually, I think it was a great surprise. Hmm. 
because when I was in Moldova, I remember being at the hotel one night and then I'm trying to, f I'm, I, and then I pull up my phone and then I went to Google maps and I'm like, let me see where I am right now. You know, I do that sometimes, you know, so you just, you just try to see where you are and zoom out on the earth and just rotate it. So you see, you're like, Oh shit, <laughs> I'm like far from home. And then I was like, I was thinking like, what if someone comes in here and kill me? And I'm, I'm not, I don't even know where I am. So but I was like, no, I feel very safe now. You know, like, of course, it's it's an amazing country, amazing people. But to me, it was like, okay, a few things. Let's. And I was talking to myself and I go, I'm in the middle of like a country that I didn't know that exists before, like, you know, three months ago. And um, people here are so nice, so down to earth and they're willing to learn and they think that what we do, it's amazing. And then I'm like, why? Because sometimes, you know, we all complain about stuff. And I go, is it, is it fair for, for me as a creative business owner and everything to complain about what I do? Mm. Because we're so freaking lucky. So lucky. So, yeah, so lucky. lucky. But we don't have that dimension until you get out there. You know, I have, I probably have a little bit because I'm, I come from Brazil and it's a different game, but I cannot compare Brazil to Moldova at all. Oh, really? Well, you that's know, what no. we chose you too. Like we wanted, because you had that, um, international to domestic, um, right, transition, transition and, yeah. and we wanted the Moldovans to have somebody that could speak to that. Yeah. But, but, but to me it was like, oh my God, I work with the best clients on earth, on earth. If For I sure. go, if I go, if I say, I don't want to work with Apple anymore or I don't want to work with Facebook anymore. They're not good clients. I want a better clients, you know, but like bigger clients. Who are you going to, you're going right. to do promos for God? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, you're working with the best companies on earth and people are here so talented. They're, they're dying to hear from you because all they want is, it's probably have like, like a point one of chance to do what you do. Well, that's just it because a a creative in Moldova, there's so many obstacles, impediments, uh, history, right? Baggage, whatever that, that comes with their situation that for them to even have a shot to even potentially work on something Apple. Like oh my there's God. no way. Not even close. Not yeah. even close. And so what's, been of course really exciting is when you went there and some of the other people that we brought with us and they say and you you show up and say oh yeah i worked on i worked on apple i worked on whatever brand not only does it blow their mind but then when you say let me share with you and let me help you and hey maybe i can maybe you can be a resource for me maybe you can i can help connect you with people in the states and maybe you could work on apple and those types of stories have absolutely played out yeah and it's been really beautiful here's my one i really appreciate your your trip to moldova cuz joel and i were originally just the two of us and i think we had that experience and we didn't know how to say it we didn't know what it was going to be like we just know we wanted to share it and i think the whatever this thing is that we've discovered and want to share with others is a transition inside of us and outside in a country that we can have some impact. But uh, for me, the aha moment is that 
look, almost everyone we know worked at MTV, did graphics at MTV. It just seems like at one point or another, like MTV and then you went somewhere else. So it seems very common. And uh, one of the first people that we brought to Moldova worked at MTV. It was just one, it's one of those credentials. For us, you know, he worked at MTV and he showed or talked about it or whatever. For Moldovan, MTV changed their life because that's where they learned English and how they can compete in the world market. So it's so random. Like you just meet, all you know is inside the Viacom building in New York City, you, it was 20 hour weeks, whatever. For them, they, they wanted everything in their life wanted to be an MTV person. So for you to be there and reach out and touch you is something so satisfying. Yeah. But it, isn't, it, isn't it awesome to, to, to just, you know, that's a reality check. You're like, oh my God, I, I'm here and I'm doing this. And, and it's like, you know, stop complaining. Just, well, you know, you can just appreciate. And, and it goes to all these things that we're saying, like appreciate it, enjoy the ride. You're doing amazing things. You're trying to solve problems. That's not a problem. Just enjoy enjoying the freaking problem. You know? Well, remember your, your, uh, the book that you shared with me, The Missing Piece? Oh, yeah. Freaking brilliant. Because isn't that book, in a way, about enjoy the ride? Knowing that the ride is partially that there's never perfection. You never find the, the, the perfect fit, the right answer. And then you realize, gosh, it was never about perfection. It was about enjoying the ride. It's about, so sometimes, I always say this, it's, sometimes it's not, sometimes you're, you, I kind of don't want to find the answer. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. That's, I, I love that idea. It's just go. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I have a problem. Like, you know, some, probably you guys hear that some, a lot. Like, I have a marketing sales problem, this, this, and that. Let's figure this out. And then probably when you figure that out, you think that you figure that out, that whole strategy will be old already and then you have to find the answer again so from time to time you're gonna be like complaining oh i have this problem okay now i figured oh now i have the problem again oh yeah it's hard no Do you, you're always gonna have that problem you know what, keep it, going and i i think what the impression that we get from the the moldovans is that they actually don't complain there it's and i don't want to paint a picture because the work that we're doing there um and the and the help that they need is it's great it's fun um, there's an opportunity to be influential. They're not impoverished and desperate. They're hardworking, world-class designers, v easy can compete in this marketplace, strong creative ability, very good work ethic. It's not that we're, it's, it's not a given. We're not, it's not just a missions trip to, to feed right. the poor. It's by not any means, it's, it's not, not even charity. Close. It's not charity, but anyway, that's the word. Um, so I think that's what, what you're saying is, is that that's why you get this idea of like, wow, I should appreciate it because look at, look at these great people we're working with. And when you see the work they're doing, you think, wow, they're enjoying their work too. And we, we're striving for so much more in America that we might not need to achieve or even better, the opportunity to, um, to be an influencer, to, to give back and to have impact and to share and to teach. Um, I think all that is wrapped together in, in one of those trips. It's a reason why we're changing the trip this year because of the over the last three years now that we've done it, the results of the Americans coming out of Moldova is such a good impact in our own souls and the things that we're doing that this year we want to kind of share it in a different way and see if we can do some things different about that trip. Yeah, because yeah. I, I from, from the creative standpoint and also like from, from the human standpoint, it was so valuable. You're like, I'm here 
in this, you know, the middle of the globe, sharing the work, inspiring people. And they're amazing. They wanted to do what we do. And also, it's just like, you know, it just feeds, feeds your soul with so much joy that you're like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful. I met a lot of people. My life is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, so just let's just it, it, it's a it's a boost, actually. You know? Yeah. 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 So, for everyone. Yeah. So things are going, by the way. I know it's like a random place and it felt like I'm doing Tim and Joel a favor and and we don't even know how to explain it. So for you to come and trust us and be part of it and, and to walk around that crazy growers, that farmer's market that we did that day. Oh my <laughs> that was God. so fun. <laughs> but even Eating that. that food and oh, it was just so great. I just love that. Yeah. Even that. You're just like, probably it's so hard for us as a creative to just get out of our office and like, you know, we're, we're, and everyone is always so busy. I always say this, you know, when it's busy with work, I'm busy working on projects. When it's not busy with projects, I'm busy creating more business. So it's always busy. So always. Yeah. And it's always going to be. It's not, I don't accept people saying, oh, it's a slow right now. No, I can be probably I'm busier. When there's no, when there's no projects, not, I, I wouldn't say like, well, no, but it's like, it's no, like a few but, projects. But, You're just like, yeah, I'm so busy right now because I'm thinking about my, you know, the internal projects that I want to do. I want to fix all that stuff. I want to do this and that I want to do, create all this campaign for my marketing stuff for, you know, so it, I get really busy. It actually got me, get me really tired. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a pattern with most owners that you're in a way you're more busy when there aren't as many projects because here's, here's kind of a dirty little secret. The projects are hard. It's hard work, but it's harder to solve the riddle of, Oh, we're not busy enough. I need more sales. Oh, I need to create this new campaign and do this marketing outreach. I need to try and connect with this new, this new company and get in there. That's like ambiguous. Like, how do I do that? The projects are sometimes somewhat simple by comparison. Like, here's the creative. We have to get in, get on the box and figure out this solution or we need to go do this shoot and make this thing happen. And it's, so what I'm saying is when you're not busy with projects, the problems are often more complicated of yeah. how do I get new business and get busy again and all these other get new clients. How do I find a new resource, hire a person? All I don't, these I don't things. want to take this uh, where you don't want to go, but I'll just throw this in too. That I think it's um, even while running a business and in the level that we mo most often help our clients on a day to day or year by year business. Um, what I've discovered in the last two years is that's also not ever satisfying either that there's a, it's living out an entire career is what's necessary and owning a business might be only one season of that career, like in Joel's case. Um, and there's more to it. And that's the four stages of the creative career that, I, that I'm talking about now is trying to get people's head wrapped around that even these projects and even this business isn't everything. Um, and until you know the next bigger pictures, this won't be satisfying either. Yeah. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to just, you know, um, ask you guys something about, you know, uh, creative creative business because probably because of you guys learn work with so many different studios and clients probably you guys see a pattern of things oh yeah you're like 
Oh, here we go again. That same story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Five well, years we, ago, we, the budgets we, we don't were roll, better. We don't roll our eye, eyes. But, yes, those stories are very, yeah. com- very common. Yeah, we, the saying the is, is, yes, you are unique like everybody else. <laughs> but uh, what, what I want to say is that if you – because you guys see that, you know, so many different studios and so many, so many things, and you guys have no emotion – like when you're analyzing a company or helping a company, it comes to. Pro- I'm assuming this. There's like a there. You guys probably develop like a logical uh, thinking too. So imagine that you're working with like ten studios, and then you probably Tim, Tim, and Joe. You guys are so fast to sometimes to like you know get into this conversation and try to find that answer. Sometimes when you're working with ten studios, do you already know that? like a few students are not going to survive or it's not going to have that problem fixed or do you see that as well because it comes like logical and it's like oh this is not going to work for this person i'm going to answer your question but it's not quite that what i think you're you're asking because because the way we do it is a little bit different we don't ever discern if someone's going to make it or not everyone we work, work with makes it the question is how you're going to make it so what we try to discern is and we can get there really fast is um, to know what the problems are. And, and, and honestly, we, uh, I've been doing it now for so long, I can get there so fast it's threatening. And I almost have to slow down so the person I'm consulting doesn't think that I'm just totally overwhelming them and running, running over them. So I've learned to really walk through the process that they need to walk through to get there. But the, um, but the end result of success might be different than what they thought success was going to be when they get started. But it's so far in my career and helping people, and it's 10 long years and a good 100 or so companies, they've all made it one way or another, including Joel, who had to... Right, shut but down. It's funny because I knew you were going to answer that, but my question was more like the... Uh, so you see the goals, and then what, oh, I wanted, I so. what I wanted to get is... You see the goals, you're like, mm, mm, this is not going to work yeah. as they think. Oh, but sure. I think the beauty of what you guys do, it's actually, there's always a solution. It's just a matter of, of you know, the business owner or the, the, the creative person, like, accepting it. Or like, you know? We yeah. call it's it responsiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the phrase that I often say is that as a creative entrepreneur, you're generally speaking, they're, these are incredibly smart people. So I know you're going to achieve your goals. I can come alongside you. I can help you and we can, we can get there, but it may not look like what you thought it was going to look like. That's sort of the difference. Like you're going to achieve your goal, but it may be achieved in a different way. And we do know where they're off track. And sometimes it's hard to convey to that person why they're off track and why it's not going to work. And there are clients and we've, we do have them that are not responsive to us. And even though we're telling them, this is the way you need to do it, the way you're doing is not gonna work and they wanna fight back, sometimes we have to make the choice, do we stick with this until they understand it? Or is it time for us to let go because we're, we're consulting them or we're rethinking them and we're giving them the answers that, that they need if they're not gonna accept them it's, it's it's okay to move on as well. Yeah. Yeah, because it's that, you know, when it, when it comes to that realization, because one of the exercises you, 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 Joel did with me that 
it was such a great thing to do because we it was like nine o'clock at night at studios, just me and him. We ordered like a shitty pizza. I'm sorry for that. You know, <laughs> I'll probably get that. You know, I probably get like better pizzas now. But um, cool. We go through this exercise, then Joe was like, "Okay, who you are?" And then let's. He started asking me questions, and then through the process, we went all the way around to try to find an answer, and we got back to the initial to the starting point. And I was like, that's the certification that I really want this. Not that. Yeah. And I thought it was amazing that, you know, like that kind of, because sometimes you have a different view. You you can have like a different perception of success, you know. Probably most of the studios here that I know and probably like most of the business that I know, it's they measure success through growth, you know. So it's like Mm -hmm. how much are you growing you know, are you putting more people? So if say, how many people, I get that question all the time. How many people are you guys at state? And then I say, oh, we're like 12. Oh, cool. So if I meet that person in two years, say, oh, we're 12. Oh, okay. Okay. But if I go to them and say, oh, now we're 60. Oh, yeah. Marcel's yeah. doing good. No. Mm-hmm. Probably I have more problems. Probably like, you know, I have different problems. Probably it's not the state that I wanted in originally, but I right. think and you, you might not be achieving the product that you want. You might not be making the same profit you were making yeah. at 12. There, yeah, the you life, only think it's revenue and... Lifestyle uh, might be totally different. Yeah, lifestyle. Revenue, people, profit. Those measuring sticks are okay, but there is something about who, who you wanted to be. And, yeah. And, and really, I, what I love about the process with you is that it actually came out. Like I feel like we gave you permission to be who you wanted to be. Oh, yeah. And then we just backed you up with the finances and the revenue and projecting goals or whatever we need to get there. So but, I was going to comment, Marcel, the, that word, Tim, you just said about permission is a really good one because that, that exercise that we went through of that finding that voice, you know, and that positioning and that language in a way you knew what the answer was, but you needed to discover that it was true by going through this path. I'm looking at this, famous T.S. Eliot quote right now, the one where he says, at the end of all our exploring, will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is it's- such a great... And But what's interesting is that process gave you permission to do what you already knew you were supposed to do. Yeah, but it's... And confidence. Yeah, but 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 the thing that you... And, 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 and probably like where the... Not the miscommunication, the misunderstanding of what you guys do it's like i went on that meeting thinking that you would do the exercise with me and give me an answer at the end all right you know but then thais was actually teaching me something the other day that i kind of use with her now you know it's so funny she goes sometimes you just let the the person talk he's the person's going to find the answer all you have to do is just be present ask you know maybe you ask like questions because the, what you've done to me, it was like, oh, asking this question, asking this, 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 and that. You know, you asked for about my personality, what I believe, and all that stuff. And then because I was feeling all those, you know, things, and I was like, you didn't say pretty much anything. You just gave right. to me. It's like, oh, just go bananas, right. you know? I yeah. just ask you questions like, what do you mean by that? Or is that really what you yeah. – is that the right word for that? Or – and, and that prob- goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this is that um, we're not looking for the answers. We're looking for the questions. Yeah. yeah so that we can method, help you find right? the answers that you need. We can provide answers. But again, like, that's that's our journey. That's the way we would do it. 
We want to know what's inside of you. Yeah, but it's 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 the exercise was so beautiful because, I, and I think I'm seeing this because if there is someone wanting to work with you guys, and I think that's like you know a few things that we're grabbing here. It's like enjoy the ride, and also you're gonna find the answer. Don't go to you to to you know to RevThink or like consultants or RevThinkers. You know, thinking that they're gonna find the answer for you. Right. You guys are just gonna ask the right questions. And because we're going through the process, you know, creatives are going to find or, you know, the business owner is going to find that answer. And I thought that was brilliant because I wasn't expecting that at all. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. I have a, I have a new client and uh, I love working with new clients because they have this, it feels like a, a Google sheet full of questions that they just want answers to. And some of them are like, how do I sign a director deal or what should our day rate be? And they have all these kind of really basic things that we can easily just answer. And sometimes really there is just a simple answer that they need yes or no, or this is the way you do it. Um, but uh, I've done it, I've worked with them now for a few weeks and now they're, they even say to each other, if I were to ask a question, they say, we're about ready to ask you a question, Tim, but we know you're gonna ask us a question in return. Because <laughs> it's really like, well, how do I give you the answer unless I understand something more about where we're gonna go? Yeah. So sure, how do you make a director deal? Got it, I could write one up for you, but my question is, how do you wanna work with a director? Like how do you see them? And and even specific directors you might see differently so that each director deal might be different based on that. So there's more important questions to ask to get to the, what we say, the why, so that all the answers just flow from Right, because my immediate question is, why do you want to sign a director? Exactly. <laughs> what is it, where does that get you? And then why do you want to do that? I mean, yeah. it's this like, Keep and that, and we can make it that, the way we're saying it is could sound really annoying. Like we never actually give answers. We clearly give a lot of answers. Of I'm not losing my voice, <laughs> not giving answers because there are re there really is some very simple things that because we've done them over and over again, we can just cut to the chase, add a lot of efficiency, get the right answer, get things queued up for you. Um, yeah, but also like what I well like what I like about even like uh, more because I didn't know what to expect until there was a meeting that Tim came in. I had a meeting with, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell this story because it I was think I, tell, you, I was waiting I think for I remember this, story. this one. I, I have, this is, this is a life, you know, lesson to me. So I was having this, this meeting at state with, with all my team. And then I wanted to talk about the problems. We're working late. You know, I don't want to work, work uh, my team and I don't want to do that. And, you know, I want a vacation and then Tim actually had a, uh, a Tim or, or Joe, I don't remember, it, but at the time, but you guys have had like a, like an exercise that you ask people at state to write what they want. And then everyone wrote like, what kind of, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like, uh, maybe write what you want to, to have at state or, and then I said more time off. And then I remember Tim coming in at this meeting, the whole team is there. And then he goes, and, and, you know, start going, we start talking about problems and, and then Tim's like, okay, he start going, you know, and blaming me in front of everyone. <laughs> and that ca kind of like got me really, really pissed off. I was like, I kind of hate this so much. And I, I, I was so upset at the time. And um, he was like, I, I remember we getting out of that meeting and saying, I kind of hate Tim now. Yeah, you did. He's such a dick. He came in here 
talks so much shit to me. You know, he blamed me for all these things in front of everyone. I remember calling. Maybe I call you. Oh, or, you were yeah. so mad. You it called was us. the next day. We were at Terranea at that, doing that conference. And we, we went out of the patio and did a conference call with you and Thais. And you were like, you were that mad. meeting sucked. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I never want you to do that to me again. Don't ever do it to me. Yeah, like, like, but that was my ego telling me, like, yeah, I'm not this guy. It's How dare you was, say it's all my fault that I, I can't take it my own vacation? I am <laughs> such an amazing person. No. So well, then, funny, but I loved the the honesty because you were pissed and you were comfortable oh, yeah. sharing it. And it was like, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. No, I thought about. I I I was like, maybe I'll go and. I'm, I'm gonna call these guys. I'm gonna tell Tim, don't ever talk to me like this. Blah blah blah. And then I said that, you know. And it was a Friday. Remember, it was a Friday. You guys were, you know, somewhere. And then I went home that day, feeling, you know, I'm like, okay, vented out. And then Thais went to bed. I'm like, I need to just like, you know, stay here up a little bit, think about stuff. And then I started thinking about the beating. I'm like, that is my fault. He was right. I am being such a stubborn dude. I need to change the way I deal with stuff. And then, you know, and then all the things that Tim was saying, it came back to my head. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so shitty now because <laughs> I called a guy and then he was right. Oh my god! I remember sending you an email. I'm like, you did. I love oh, you, yeah. man. You were so right. This is my fault. I kind of suck because I was doing everything wrong. Thank you so much for doing that. That that change, but that kind of honesty, or even I will go even further a little bit because I, I maybe I never told you this this part of it. Thais is so awesome. She we were driving to to work together. And she goes. Maybe that's part of their strategy <laughs> to piss you off, you know? So then you get thinking about it. And that was great. You know, yeah, that was kind of cool. That's I remember funny. her face looking at me. She's like, that's yeah, probably that's they, their they, strategy. Yeah, that's their strategy. Because that's like, you know, they kind of like challenge you a little bit. But actually, it was so great because it helped me to fix a lot of things that I thought it was wrong. And yes, I was part of the problem. Because if you're the bottleneck at your studio and then you're just because this most of the business owners, they do that. They yeah. think that everything needs to go through them, which is the biggest bullshit ever. You know, if everything yeah. go, going through you, you're a terrible, the you know, administrator. Freak. So you, you kind of go back and then you, that's that's when they need you guys. Yeah, it's called you know. founder syndrome. They, they, oh, the yeah. Founding in the way. Let me uh, say one. Maybe I was out of a line saying things in front of your entire crew. So I don't want I don't want to say you, I didn't have any right to be questioned. Um, and I, there, I do have like to speak to the strategy. I do have this thing that others have called my Jedi mind trick where I, I do ask certain things or push certain buttons to get results, to get the long-term results I'm looking for. I, I wish I can remember enough to know if I had that much, uh, willpower in this situation, but I do know this, that in your specific situation, I had already talked to all the people in the room separately. And they had already given me some answer that pointed to you. So there wasn't anybody in the room that didn't have it. It's just that no one was ever willing to say it to you. Mm -hmm. No one ever said to you, Marcel, you're the problem that I can't go home early tonight. Or because you're a control freak and have to look at every single thing on your computer, we have, we're wasting hours on artists that we didn't need. Every, it was there. It just was never spoken. It was almost like a, 
a silent thing that everyone's afraid to bring up. And I, I just said it out loud. I was just like the, the fool that thought that would be a good idea. And it, it did kind of clean thing. I think Alex now, who he is, and how you guys are processing things. I mean, a lot of people felt free to actually start dealing with the issues the company had. But that's, I think that's part of the uh, emotionless part of it. You're like, oh, I have no emotion on this thing. I'm just going to see whatever comes to my mind. Because if you're there, imagine that you're the part of the studio. Yeah. And then you're there for like two years, and you're not going to say that to me. I'd be afraid. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, my God, he's going to fire he me. He might whatever. fire me, yeah. Yeah, but mm -hmm. because you have no emotion, and I'm actually paying. Because that what, that came to my mind. How the hell am I paying someone to come in here and kind of like. <laughs> Insult you. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, this is so <laughs> wrong. But uh, no, but that was so interesting and so amazing what you, you know, what you were capable of doing with me. Because I was like, yeah, I am part of the problem. Well, I think that was the moment when Tim and I used the word responsiveness earlier. Yeah. That's, that's the number one ingredient we look for in an owner that we know is going to be a, a great collaboration. That was the moment when you sort of came back around and you said, whoa, I've done some thinking and I'm sorry. I think I was wrong about this. this, this. We immediately knew this guy is amazing and we're going to do some amazing things together. Yeah. We could work well together, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it was it was such a cool, it was such a cool experience. I just want to touch something here, here real quick. Can I'd I like, just say this though? Yeah. To your credit, one, thank you for being honest, and and, and thank you for trusting us. It's not, I, I find I find myself very lucky that people are willing to, you know, allow us in the room and have those conversations and and give us the opportunity. It's. It, it, you have to earn trust and I when that time comes between two people um, it's just so appreciated and I know Joel and I both just feel so lucky that people give us their time they give us their trust they put their companies in our hands um, they believe what to say we don't take it lightly and we work harder than any time we spent you on the phone we work twice as hard up with you and for you without you even knowing it because we we do take it very serious and, and want and have your best stuff in mind. So thank you for, for also giving back to us that oh, yeah. trust and that ability to be of, part of that. Of course, man. And, and, and I, and, and thanks for sending me the invoices too. Yeah. Did you get paid or no? I'm sure. Okay, Thais, don't, don't get mad. <laughs> Thais, exactly. <laughs> well, um, well, I, I just want to ask you something that I always wanted to ask about the, the accelerator. Oh, okay. Program. Because, oh, that's interesting. You know, um, which you have not been through. I know. I just went straight to the to the real deal. You just went to graduate grad school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's something really interesting about the the, the program okay. that I I was. It's something that I do sometimes that I try to create definitions for things. You know, mm -hmm. and I was like, this this whole accelerator pro program feels like you're incubating all these like creatives in one kind of like platform. Okay. You know, and, and, and the, and the way I see things for, so for example, incubators, they're, they're just getting all these like people who wanted to do stuff and then investors come in, invest in all of them. And probably 90% of them are going to fail. Mm -hmm. And then 10% is going to, you know, succeed. And then they get, you know, they get their money back mm -hmm. because that one or two that succeed, you know, you know, made it happen. But now, in your case, I see the incubator kind of like uh, aspect of it, but there's there's a you can correct me if I'm wrong. There's a certain level of like 
you're just putting everyone under one platform but you're you're also like teaching them the the basic mm-hmm. giving them the the flashlight and the umbrellas or maybe they don't even know which kind of forest they are into mm-hmm. but how do you how how is that program work for like these like people who wanted to like you know uh they're starting their business they're getting some you know business from a few clients and how does how do you see that actually working so do you do you think that it's like you know helping them to get going and helping them to find those answers and do you see like a pattern of like new studios coming out and you know succeeding and everything well okay so first of all i would say technically it's not an incubator because i'm not investing and i definitely am not helping watching nine studios fail and, and for the one that succeeds yeah well, I, th- i think that <laughs> but i think that's the, the that's the difference i i, yeah, I yeah. saw because i i know that you're not putting the money so i was like okay so there's no money that's actually you, when i say incubator you're just putting everyone on their one platform which is the accelerator program you're just right 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 so the, no there's just a investment fee that they they pay to go through the program but the way it's structured is it's a nine, 10 week process where here's, here, here's the, maybe the way to think of it. I teach, uh, eight or nine modules. I call them. And each one is a concept. So one is about identifying your genius. Another one is about positioning. Another one is about outreach and marketing and so on and so on and so on. But the reason that that, that platform that you use that word came about was because I was being asked all the time by these younger up and coming studios, Hey Joel, can we grab you for coffee? Hey, can we buy you dinner? Let's, we'd love to pick your brain. And what I found was I would say, I go to dinner with two young guys and they want to buy me dinner and they're asking me all these questions. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what I think. I'll help you as much as I can. Thanks for dinner, <laughs> right? And I'm just throwing things at them. Let's, you know, should try this and think about that. And maybe this would be a good approach and reach out to that person. But then fast forward three months later, I'd be back in LA and these catch up with these guys and have coffee and ask them, how's it going? And they'd say, well, I remember there was one thing that you said. And I suddenly realized, oh man, I, I, they can't catch all the stuff I'm throwing at them. They don't have any place to put it. They don't know what to do with it. And so after you have 50 coffees or meals like that, you suddenly realize this isn't helping anyone. I'm trying to help people, but it's not helping. And it's actually sort of a waste of my time, if I'm honest, because it's not landing. And so you find yourself, after you're repeating yourself so much about, oh, you want to know the basics of how to negotiate or how to upsell or how to reposition and whatever and i said i have to i have to hit the record button i have to hit the record button and share this with these size studios that are that are smaller because this if i put it in a structured format they can actually catch it and learn it and put it into practice so that's why i created this the structure of what we're called what i'm I call jump jump, now. like i was not a believer at first and joel knows this Because I kept feeling like, oh, we're just making videos and we're playing like we're pandering to a small group of people. And I don't know, looking for some kind of prideful thing for Joel to get his face in front of me. Like there was a lot of questions that I had. And then I took a trip to Colorado and God bless you, Joel. You're, 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 you're very patient with me where that 
he basically had built the program and he said, can I just sit down with you and show you what I did? And he goes through it. And, and when I got done, I thought to myself, holy cow, man, like this is so valuable. I, I everything changed for me at that moment. Everything changed about what, what we can do and what's possible and why I like the accelerators. And it, there's so much value in such a short amount of time that people can get out of it that I might, I did not understand or believe until, until it hit the floor. Yeah, because what what I see is like you know, it's a, it's an amazing way to start your you know you because most of, I, I try to do this in back in the day so it it's a different story too. I tried to do a business with a friend of mine back in the day, but it didn't work because we first we didn't have the knowledge, you know, um, it didn't we didn't know where to find mm -hmm. probably that would be a different game today you know if i found if i found you i'll be like hey man we gotta do the the, the accelerator so we can understand a little bit pr procedures and i felt that necessity of the time at well the I'll, time. I'll clarify one thing and that is the accelerator is not for startups actually so if someone comes to us and says i've just quit my job or hey i'm not going to be a freelancer anymore i'm starting my studio i would say call me in a year or two because I actually can't help somebody who's, who's never been in business. That is such a leap. I want somebody to be in business for a year or two, get some projects, get some clients, struggle, honestly, run into the problems and try it this way, try it that way. And at that point, when they, when they have three, four or $500,000 of business a year, I say, okay, now you're ready. Yeah, because I think that's, that was the point that I was, you know, with this friend of mine. We were getting projects from clients, and it was like it was like um, how to say overflow. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. getting overflow Classic, sure. from studios, and you know I was like, okay, this is good. So they were studios were white labeling you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were just like, oh, we got this big project. We don't. We can only do half. Can you guys do like twenty five percent? But then it was always like my plan to keep going, and then you know at the time we didn't have information. I knew what I wanted, I knew what he wanted, but it was there was never like an information. And this side of business, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you're an amazing creative. That's what I've learned, right? It doesn't matter if you're really good creative or the most amazing creative ever. If you don't have a little bit of a, the business side in it, in, in you or like you know or willing to learn that a little bit of the business side, you're gonna fail, like. It's it's like a one hundred percent. Probably you're you're gonna keep doing projects, thinking that you're doing great, but you're not doing like even like you're not using even like five percent of your you know potential. Yeah, what I I would add a nuance to that. I don't think it's so much that you you're gonna fail. You're just not gonna succeed. And that's I think you get stuck. You sort of struggle because as a creative, you're like, yeah, we're kind of doing projects, and yeah, we kind of got some clients, and yeah, we're kind of making some money. Is this the dream? And you do that for a few years and a few more years and a few more years. And then you sort of, I see this pattern very often. This is probably the, the type of person that goes through the accelerator is somebody who has like wondering, is this what it was about? Mm -hmm. Because I've been doing this for several years and I'm working my butt off and the work is pretty good and the clients are pretty good and the money's pretty good, but I sense there's so much more. And that's where I say, it's time to get serious about the business part. Yeah, because I, I think the word business scared the most 
out of the creatives, you know? Oh, yeah. Because we when, when, when you say, hey, you got to learn business, all we think is about Wells Fargo. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like a bank. Well, and that, that, that's, that's one of the things. It's so cool for creatives to have a place to go where, where I can dress up the way I want. It's a, there's no like a dress code. Oh, right, or no dress code, right? There's right. no dress code. I can I can say whatever I want. I can be. It's it's such a it's such a thing that it's like creative space. But well, if it, we're all here for what it comes to me. It's like I'm here for a reason. You know, like we're here. Okay, amazing portfolio. Like you know, profit minus fifty. Really, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I, it, it, we're here to. Let's be honest. Not sustainable we're here. that way. Yeah, it? it's not yeah. sustainable, and also like, but but I think the word business is scary because we think about the slimy thing, you know that you know yeah, the like used corporate. salesman, yeah, the the, the, the yeah, used car salesman, used, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, are you trying to sell me like design art, or you're just business? Oh, he's selling me a used car, you know? No, it's it's it's, it's different. We had a, a one of our cohort dinners recently, and um, there was a guy that came that I have kind of been a fan of for gosh over 10 years i've watched his work he was uh, a motionographer very strong creative um happy that he was at at the table um and in talking to him what's interesting is that his career itself is evolving it's doing doing what it needs to do but he admitted to me he's like i he doesn't want to touch the business and he he even was kind of asking questions like who's a good business partner and what they're it's it, it, it as if if he did the business, his creative brain would shut down. Mm. And what's interesting is is that um, that's a real. It's actually a real physical issue, in that the the creative part of your brain is a part of your brain that when you beca- use the analytical part of your brain, it hijacks the creative part of your brain. You have to switch between the two. And I think some people that are so used to having that creative muse at their access, they don't ever want to walk away from it um, to deal with the analytical stuff, the business stuff. So some of it, we don't mind doing that for people. I mean, we, uh, we recognize that the creative entrepreneur, we're not consultant, we're not rev thinkers for, um, for entrepreneurs, we're rev thinkers for creative entrepreneurs. I learned from my positions that the creative has to win Joel ran a creative business for 20 years. We get that mind. And yep. that's the ones that we love and want to take care of. Cause be I'm wondering, of because I'm wondering if th- that's a problem that we usually, and, and that happens to me all the time. Marcel, it's a part problem. That's why we're in business. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the answer right True now. That. No, what I say is that we, you know, as humans, we always try to find the comfort zone. So, for example, for a creative person, when you talk about business, it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable because they don't know that. And they don't want to know. It's just like, I don't want to know about this business. No. It's like, no. All I'm trying to say is that let's forget about the word business. All I'm trying to say is you do beautiful work. You need to make money out of it. What's the problem? Or let me show you what it means to keep doing this for the rest of your life if you want to. Show you how you can do it, sustain this thing. Forget business, just sustainability if, if that's the right answer. Well, here's another thought I would have for you, and I know you'll be able to relate to this, is you're producing good work. Wouldn't you love to produce great work? It takes money. And guess what? 
if you can run, okay, I, I can't say the word business. I got to find a different word. Give me a Mad Libs word for, for business that fits better. But the point is. Like a firm. That, yeah, if you can run, yeah, if you, you, you run your affairs in a more healthy way, you will have the resources to realize your dreams, which is I want to produce a really great work that people love and people know me for and the reputation that I've created and all these sorts of things. Those are all just words for running a healthy, strong business. But you're right. The word business comes with baggage. Right? It, just, it just scares oh, people. Like creative and, people get scared of it. Yeah. I think that's why we made the seven ingredients is so that people could find what we're talking about when we say what we do and what we mean by business. And, and the seven ingredients kind of gives a, like a structure to where that creative is part of it. And, and production is part of that. And those are obvious. And sales is part of that. And when they learn from us, they understand that marketing is different than sales. And that operations comes because you want to make things more fluid. And finance is a necessity. And leadership is a requirement. And it's okay to, to not be good in all seven of those. And it's okay to know you need help in all seven of those. And to know you can depend on somebody that at least knows there are seven ingredients. And that you fit some of those roles and other roles will build systems, routines, or hire people to get there. So the business itself isn't just the finance stuff. The business itself is the whole ingredient pie of all the things you want to have up and running right. so you can be successful. All the slices of the pie coming together. Yeah. That's so that's so interesting. I have a question for you. Do you guys ever comment on creative? Oh. You know, because, I, I, because when you see creative, because... Tim, I know, and, and I have this definition about these two guys, and I'm going to expand a little bit later. <laughs> I feel like, you know, Joel is Mac and Tim is the PC part of the business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but Joel wears the glasses and I wear the cool clothes. <laughs> I can see, I could see you guys, uh, you know, being the two guys on that uh, PC, Mac PC campaign, like from back <laughs> right, in the day. Right. Joel being like, I'm Mac, and then you're like, I'm PC. That's so funny. I love it. I'm the nerdy PC guy. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a good question. And I'll say this. Generally speaking, we don't touch the creative ingredients. So Tim walked through those ingredients because that's actually where a lot of those competitive items reside. Mm -hmm. Like the way state does creative is like the secret sauce. So in a way I will stay out of that and with all my clients because I don't want to get into a conflict of interest, honestly. But at the same time, <clears throat> if because I'm a creative person, there's definitely moments when it comes up. Somebody will just share something with me and say, what do you think of this? And I might say, yeah, it could be better. And maybe, maybe think about this, but generally speaking, like we, we definitely do not get into, Hey, we're building this pitch and here are the, the five ideas. We need to narrow it down to the three, which come in here and meet with us and let's brainstorm. And we wanted that. I could definitely do that, and I would have a blast doing it, but I, but I don't. But I think yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's an explanation for that, and that's the reason why I asked the question. Because I feel like when the creative is there, it comes with the emotion. So if you put me in a room with someone to sell my creative, they're going to hear from my heart. They're going to hear from inside. And then if you're doing the, the rev, if you're working with it, like these you know, two red thinkers, and then we were saying that because there's no emotion involved. Probably you guys can see because creative can be personal too. You can be like, you can like it, and Tim, 
you know, won't like it and then I like it too. Or maybe I think it's, you know, whack. I need to change colors and all that stuff. But uh, for the fact that you guys don't comment on creative, it makes total sense because because of the kind of work and the kind of answers that, you know, studios like myself can get from you guys. It's, it, it needs to be, you know, without an emotion. Well, here's the other thing I know. The, like, you as a creative and really all of our clients, that is their genius on some level because every creative business that became a going concern okay there's a creative genius there or else they wouldn't even be in business so there's some sort of creative genius there and it's just it's it's not my place to come in and suddenly try and try and get my scent on it so to speak right and what i know is if i can free up that owner to really focus on that genius and it's very often it's creative. It might be sales. It, you know, like in your case, I think that's what I would say. If I can free you up and let you delegate, get out of your own way, let go, of, you know, not be the control freak, that that's going to unleash you to produce really great creative. Yeah. Uh, there, to just nuance the idea of what we do or don't do on a creative side, because they're one, we're fans of the creative, so we know good creative when we see it. And a lot of our clients do really great creative, and that's no coincidence. There, there is a, a, a group of people that we're in. Um, we know when a client needs good creative direction. So we might be able to say, you need a creative director, and we could even help discern if that's the right creative director or a good creative director based on that, that thing. When we're doing the television show, the show launcher stuff that we do with the television association, there's a there's a part of a creative process there. But I think what we we use the word systems and routines, and I think that really is when we think through a lot of even a creative the creative problem, the creative ingredient. What we think of is the creative method. What is it that you do to solve the creative problem? Is really more of an analytical part of that ingredient than what what you have inside of your head Marcel I will never have I, I wish I did I wish I had that talent but what I've come to appreciate is the genius inside of that and to know why I like it and to know what my calling is to support it and help that succeed that satisfies me I don't need to be in the room and I'd rather have you succeed knowing you can do that work uh, I think that's really like the culture of rethink yeah that's awesome and I, I kind of want to, you know, lead to like, a, you know, our wrap here. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to, I think one of my biggest, uh, you know, all, of all of the lessons I learned from this process is I remember when I was, you know, when we start working together is, you know, um, you guys, I, I, I was I was trying to do something with state. And then one day Tim told me, I, I love the answer you gave me. And it gave me some sort of like security to do whatever I want with the business. Because I was thinking about that state need to operate in a certain level. I'm not saying like high or low, whatever, whatever level I was trying to operate. And then you're like, oh, all you, I remember coming to you and say, hey, all I want is consistency. Right. And that's pretty much what all the business are looking for. You know, oh, a retainer in this is this consistent. Is <laughs> this keep coming back? And then because we wanted to be at the same level at you know all the time, 
And then you gave me one of the best answers ever. You're like, the cons- you're trying to find like security, right, Marcel? I'm like, yes. Security is about being comfortable whenever you are. If state is two people, are you comfortable? Yes. State is 200 people. Are you comfortable? Yes. If it, it, it's the power of the scalability, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. So I go to you. That's why I think the beauty of the business you guys do is to teach that to people. It's like there's no problem being so big and so small or work around that scale that, you know, oh, right now I'm super big. Okay. Now I want to be two people because I'm tired of this. I just want to get two projects a year. That's okay too. That's not a problem. All we have to do is we're just going to adjust the system, make it work. Are you guys profitable? It's just like two, it's a company of two guys. It's a company of 20 people, whatever. And then when you gave me that answer, it gave me a sort of like some sort of like peace. I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't really matter. He's right. What if state now is like four people? What is if it's like three people? Right. It's okay. Am I comfortable? Hey, Tim, can you help me to, you know, adjust that system that we have what for 200? What does success look like at four people? It's exactly. Like, oh, it looks like this. Yeah, meet your lifestyle needs. You know, some of the, um, some of what you're feeling insecure when you're thinking about security in the way that you were thinking about it is really, it's the fault of the entire, like, economic education we have as kids, which is we're like squirrels and we get as many nuts as possible and we save them up for a winter day. And when the trouble comes, we can cash them in. I'm old enough to have gone through two major financial crises. Those nuts, they rot. Like there's no such thing as if it's big enough, then I will have enough money and enough security because of the size of it. What I know is, is the bigger it is, the faster it goes. That's all I know. So if you can operate faster and a higher speed, and that gives you a sense of achievement and you feel secure that way, great. The reality of what we put in place is not total value or total growth. We put in cash flow. Mm-hmm. And that cash flow is a system of consistency and sustainability. If you spend less than you make every time, you will stay in business in perpetuity. And our, our, and our production methods, our roll up, the cash flow system, the sales keeping system, the things that we have in place allow us to see enough in the future to give you all those choice, those choices. You can see the decision point. You can make those with us. We can give you advice. We can adjust the system. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And I think that gives you then the freedom you want to, to do whatever you want to, whatever speed you want to, to give you satisfaction. And then you get, you are really great. Because it, it's almost like your confidence changed so much that your boldness came out. It's almost like you said to us, oh really guys? I'm going to re- be a really big dick in the world. I'm going to really, really, really start like, see if I can, how many people I can piss off, which is why I want to watch your Promax presentation before you did it today. I want to see like, are you going to be pissing people off? Because that attitude you have is so brilliant, Marcel. And you almost want to say like, well, if I can piss people off and be successful, because you promise it, I'm going to show you how it's good done. And you know what happened instead? Your attitude and your positioning has made you more successful. It's carved out the positioning more. Like you're growing at a faster pace because I gave you the freedom to be you. Yeah. And people love you for being you instead of the scared businessman that was holding back and worried about 
the next $10,000 or $2,000 project and should I ship it to Brazil at 1% profit or all these silly things that were going on. We just simplified it for yeah. you. And then you just became everything you wanted to be. Because it all you give me is the, the permission to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't even know if this is, you know, Steve's now this big. Oh, cool. It's now this big. All right. Let's do it. it. Maybe it's too big. No, let's move it back. Yeah. I, I love the I, I love the emotionless and simplicity <laughs> out of it because it comes with like a security. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Why? Because we have the sense of like, you know, especially I, I this is probably like my thinking. I believe that people start their, their company and it's like, okay, we're like four people. Now we're eight. Now we're twelve. Now we're twenty-four. Now we're fifty. And we have to be 50 (laughs) for the rest of our lives and be consistent sales meetings coming here. We got to sell more. And if we We don't, something's wrong. No, it's 50. Is it okay to go? In your factory and you're moving things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay to go to 25. Yeah. No one's going to think that you're dying. (laughs) Probably because we think that that's like the, the, the path to death, right? Oh, you went from 50 to like 25? It's like you're losing a couple of fingers, you know. Yeah. Well, there's something. No, no, no. Like, it's okay. What, you, you just lost some weight. What Tim, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, it's what actually Tim, healthier that you lost the bad weight. Yeah, <laughs> what Tim said a second ago. It is really. I, I think it is something cultural, and maybe it's even human. I don't know, but there is this, yeah, loss aversion and fear of, like, I can, I can, I can remember when I was running my studio, and oh yeah, we're twelve people this year, and then you maybe go through a tough quarter you have a big project or somebody doesn't pay you or something and then you suddenly think oh if i have to let two two people go now i'm only 10 and there's this shame and this humiliation and you don't even want to tell people in the industry about it like oh yeah we're we're only we're only 10 people now what what is that but people don't even know how many people you have you know know. like some other people do you think that when you tell someone how big is impossible 20 let me take note yeah, let me people. write that down. And then in a year, like, how many? Oh, we're, well, we're uh, 16. Here, here's something that this is like another dirty little secret. And I know you've played this game. Everybody's played this game. Is that, and everyone listening, when somebody asks you, how big is your company? You fudge. Everybody's done it. Because it's like when you're five people, but you're thinking about hiring that sixth person, you'll just say, oh, we're six people. And then when you're 10 people, but you have four freelancers that are around for a project, you'll say, oh, we're 14. And it's like, why do we feel like we have to tell some story that is as rosy as possible that it's like, why, why not just say to the person, what, what, I don't know, we're three, we're five, we're 10, whatever. It's just, yeah. yeah. I remember watching a Charlie Rose one night and it was with Warren Buffett. And uh, that's when they, I realized that Berkshire Hathaway is like five people. It's like the wealthiest because wow. he's like, I don't, because what he knows is how to do business outside of his business, but he wasn't worried about the head count when he was worried about being the business, biggest corporation or the wealthiest man on the planet. He's not the biggest corporation, but there is, um, there is something in this process that we know that, um, the, if you, what you can control, if you can see it and you can make those choices, you can do it. And uh, we had a conference. We, Joel and I had a one-day conference on, um, I can't even remember what it eventually became called, but I wanted to call it, oh, we called it Bulletproofing Profits. Is what we oh, yeah, Bulletproofing it. Profits, yeah. I, I wanted to call it Guaranteeing Profits. And the, and the conference, the conference co- organizer said, no, you can't call you it can't that. Call, you, he said, you can't call it 
guaranteeing profits. And I said, why not? Because he said, and he said, because you can't guarantee profits. And I said, yes, I can. He goes, how can you guarantee profits? I said, spend less than you make. Simple. If you spend less money you make, it's profit every uh, time. Well, is it really? No. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was almost like, like, well, you can't guarantee you'll spend less you make. I'm like, yes, you, yes, I can. Like with the right systems and routines, I, you can make a choice to spend more than you make. And you can make a choice to spend less than you make. There's a choice there. But if you can see the choice, you can do it. And that's where you started gaining the confidence is that you knew when the decision points were. You could sit down with your production teams. They were making the same choices as you. You were giving all of the authority and all of the accountability and all the resources to the right people. You weren't holding back the authority and giving the responsibility to somebody else. Like you're responsible and you have all the authority to make those decisions. Just don't go over the line I give you. So in effect, I think maybe the lesson that you learned was when Tim gave you that peace of mind, what you realized was consistency or what I would call the human craving for certainty. Certainty, thank you. I want certainty. Yeah. I want to know that the projects are going to be there, the money's going to be there, the client's going to be there. And what you realize is you can't have it, okay? You can only have the illusion of it at best. Just ask anybody who's an employee at a major corporation, right? The illusion of certainty is always there. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is quite different. But you realize, I think what is actually better than this elusive grasping for certainty is control. If I can have control, if I can be a, I can be a $4 million studio with 20 people, or I can be a $1 million studio with five people. But if I have control over that, that's okay. That's cool. We'll use the analogy of the, of the car of like, we're going to help you build the car. We first put up the windshield and then we give you the headlights and the steering wheel works. And then we start giving the gauges. So, you know, when you're, when you're going to run out of gas and how many miles you're going to have to go and when you drive your car every day, it starts, you look at those gauges, you trust the safety mechanism, and there's some sense of certainty you're going to make it home, and you're not going to run out of gas, and you're, and you're, and you're going to do it because you, you can make the right choice to stop, to fill up, and to get there, and that's the mechanisms we put in place are just to give you that control and that ability to, to but get I th there. But I think that goes back to, and, and you know, I, uh, you said something too, because one day we're trying to solve a problem that we didn't have yet. And people do that all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. So imagine using your analogy with the car. It's like, okay, we're in the car now. I'm going home. It's like me. Imagine me opening like, you know, let me check everything in the engine. No, I'm just trusting that this is all working. If the engine breaks, that's okay. I'm just going to pull over, you know, and call my insurance company. You know, so when, when, when you trust those big... But that comes with the, with the brand and with the, and and how the company built the car, right? So when you when when because you know it's a creative studio and everything, you guys set the the the, the systems. So you guys are setting all those like you know indicators, and I'm trusting that, and it's going well. You're like this is actually moving, you know. So I don't have to go in there and like let me make sure that the engine is working. Let me yeah. make. Sure. I, think I, I, told I you, check, you know, I think I told you, don't you start so to trust it. Yeah, you yet. trust it. Um, I think I said, uh, don't solve problems you don't yet have. Oh, I said that because it's stressful. It's it, it is. You can imagine the problems, but you actually don't have those problems. Let's deal with those when they show up. Yeah, because exactly because it also makes it easier to just live. You know, you're not like, can you imagine? Oh, whoa, what if my EP quit today? 
Oh, I'm going to start talking to people. Yeah, you have to talk to people all the time. There's, I, had a, I have a friend someone. that used to talk about um, how in life we want to be given the roadmap. Yeah. And it, along the roadmap, we want to know where every bridge is, where every mountain is, where every gas station is. Like We want to know so that as we travel with certainty, we'll know every stop along the way. He says, what's interesting about that is that what we re- what the best security you have is a flight plan. Like, you don't worry about the bridges and the mountains. You just fly over the top of it. You leave LA, you land in New York. Does it matter if, there, what, if the I-10 was filled up? I didn't even take the 10. And, and, then, and, then, and then he told me, the trick is, is that when you take a machine that's supposed to fly from LA to New York and you try to drive it from LA to New York, You'll never make it. And, the, and some of what we believe at RevThink is that the people we have are, are rocket ships. They're, they're jet engines, and they're flights, and they're worried about driving that jet from LAX to JFK along the I-10. And, and solve that, all it's the problems. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They think right. about all the problems. And worry about all the problems. Oh, the yeah. By the way, you would create more problems along the way trying to get, you can't get that jet. Right. Keep trying to check the oil. How are our brake pads looking? Yeah. And a creative person needs to take flight. They need to know, can I take off and will I land safely? And we just say, yes. We checked all the, all the engines. We checked all the parts. We have confidence. And if midair you have a problem, we have systems and routines. Sorry about that too. Let's just go do it. We want to do it together. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, should we wrap this? Sure, man. Yeah. You're it's, the one in charge. You hijacked it's our been this like, is your podcast. It's been like what two hours? I think it's been like two hours. <laughs> it's good. Thanks for hijacking our podcast, Marcel. Oh no worries. So thank thank you guys for being on my podcast tonight. <laughs> That's it was, right. It was great. It was great to like you know. Even think about the stuff that we, you know, rethink of the stuff stuff that we've been through together. And and it's amazing for me to share that information and ask you questions and even like learn a little bit about your process and doing that analysis, you know, from the creative standpoint. That was that was pretty, pretty awesome. And we owe you Love a it. thank you for uh, uh, for us to dropping the name consulting and just being rough thinkers. So uh Kudos right. to, back to you of uh, helping oh, us spread the, the crazy shout out you gave me today from the stage. Yeah. I was like, what? Marcel, well, I because, love you, man. <laughs> because that was actually, you know, I think back, I was texting Thais before going on stage and, you know, thanking her. I'm like, I was at Promax five years ago hiding from everyone because I was terrified that I, I was trying to open a studio. And then in my mind Jeez, was like, can you believe it? I was, I was, I, I remember seeing like a few studio owners in the lobby and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to talk to these people and they're never going to hire me. That was like my, my, in my mind. Right. But then at some point I remember going out with Joe Nash and saying, man, we're doing this wrong. I'm burning all the bridges in one afternoon in New York. We suck. And this is five years ago. And then today when I was like, I was texting her and I started thinking about everyone, you know, that helped me to, to be here, you know, mm-hmm. to, to even like to be sharing this kind of like knowledge and, and everything. But you, you guys, you know, definitely made an impact, you know, on, and are making an impact. And I was even talking to Steve Viola today and he goes, man, what Rev think is doing. And it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I kind of want to, 
you know, talk to Joe and Tim about it because it's it's pretty awesome what you guys are now teaching people, creating even procedures. It's like you guys are creating a pattern, you know, of like good studios and everything. So thank you for that. And yeah, we uh, love you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank dude, you. Thanks for being part of the of the community. Thanks for being like generous and sharing everything that you're sharing. Um, but it was a very cool moment for me personally, and I know it was for Tim too watching you take that stage today oh like this is the main stage at pro max i was such a fanboy. like one of the final sessions that everyone shows up for and the place packs out for and i'm like there's my guy man go marcel, marcel every you time rock. you walked it was you on camera and you walked i was taking a photo like i was like the geekiest fanboy like that's our marcel, that's our marcel. <laughs> can i create a stop motion of marcel going back and forth <laughs> oh <my goodness laughs> with all of her pictures yes <laughs> little boomerang that'd be beautiful all right thanks marcel thank, thank you, marcel. you guys You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.